Hello and welcome to Edelman Editions and the Entrepreneurial Spirit Series. This series is aimed at showcasing incredible UK founders and entrepreneurs to learn more about their journey to starting their own businesses. In this session, we are joined by Josh White, co-founder and marketing director of Can of Water. Josh was a DJ who ran a successful events business before co-founding Can of Water, which has since gone from strength to strength. He's been awarded a Forbes 30 under 30, as well as being named as one of the coolest people in food and drink. Today, he will be in conversation with Samir Mamun, the Senior Account Manager at Edelman. So without further ado, over to you, Josh and Samir. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Yeah, good, Samir. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. I've, uh, I'm in a very chilly room, so I'm, I've got my jacket on. If you hear rustling, it's just me and my raincoat. <laughs> fine, fine. You're running away. Yeah, no, no, all good. Um, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat to you about your journey, about your very interesting, quirky and potentially world-changing product. Um, so, yeah, for those who don't know, like, do you want to give me a, a quick overview of, of Can of Water and um, what it's uh, bringing to the table? Of course. So, yeah, Can of Water is a still and sparkling natural spring water. Um, the idea in a can, sorry, the idea uh, came from a trip to Thailand with uh, me and my two closest friends. We went to Thailand and saw how bad the plastic problem was. You know, we came across a lot of plastic pollution on the beaches. And it's not something that you, you know, would think that you'd come across on a uh, on a trip. But uh, we did. And um, after that trip became completely and utterly obsessed with trying to, you know, see why is this happening why are brands that we grew up loving ending up uh, on the on the beaches did these brands know that this was happening you know what are the alternatives uh, that, that, that are out there to offer that could uh, prevent this from happening and through a lot of extensive research saw that aluminium is actually the most recyclable material um, mm. in the world and um, can be recycled forever and ever and ever so um we were the first people to put water in a can. Wow. Were you, um, what were you doing at that time in your life when this idea came about? And I mean, did you, did you always think that you would become an entrepreneur or was there a different life path calling for you? So, uh, this was something that was completely random to be completely honest with you. I, um, was in events. I'm a DJ, DJing something that was more of a hobby, uh, for me. It wasn't saying that I wanted to do forever. But um, I'm a massive music fan, so um, I sort of did a lot of DJing on the side, and I was in the events world, um, producing quite a lot of large events for big businesses. But I always wanted to do something like this. Um, I just had quite a bad sort of like imposter syndrome, to be completely honest with you, where I didn't think that I could do something like this. You know, I didn't go to uni. Um, I suffer with quite bad sort of dyslexia so that sort of you know stopped me um from really sort of what I thought reaching my potential and when I looked at a lot of a lot of um people around me that were going into you know large corporations and big businesses I I sort of thought that I couldn't do that so being an entrepreneur is something that looking back I told myself I couldn't couldn't be and um I still find it hard to believe to be completely honest with you but you know, I found a calling and um, my calling was I stumbled across something that I uh, was probably a, a problem. Uh, you know, I was part of the problem. You know, I used to probably be the person that, you know, that might drop something out of my car window or, 
you know, uh, look, look at a plastic bottle on the side of the street and not pick it up. But now I'm sort of, I would like to think that I'm more of a, more a part of the solution, you know, where I really care about um, the mission that Can of Water brings to the table and uh, really sort of am passionate about um, alternatives to plastic. The work that you were doing before, like, do you think that that gave you any insight or kind of knowledge, experience or skills that kind of helped you to then execute on this idea once you had it? I think that one thing that I've always been very good at is working with people and working mm. within teams. Um, and I think that teamwork or, you know, growing a movement or growing a, a group of, uh, of like-minded people who really believe and are passionate for the same thing as you is something that, that has been incremental to our journey. Uh, at the beginning, people thought that we were crazy. People thought that we were stupid. We, mm. We used to call up people being like, hey, we've got this uh, can of water. And they would think that we were mental. You know, they'd be like, can of water? What a stupid idea. And uh, we would sit down with business leaders and people, you know, founders of other businesses who really didn't believe in cans of water. I was once at a trade show. Um, it was a disaster. I, uh, I heard another brand owner completely take the mickey out of us and sort of laugh at us behind. Sort of, like they didn't actually know that I was sitting there, but they were talking to a friend of theirs or another colleague of theirs and said, you know, that, that canned water business is, is never going to last. It's uh, incredibly stupid. <laughs> and uh, even on the stand that we had there, people were walking past um, confused. They didn't understand it. And I think that it's very difficult at first to... Um, to take that in as a, as a young entrepreneur, because you could easily just get very bogged down by all the negativity and then just stop what you're doing. But we were very naive. We were very passionate. We believed that this, you know, was the future. And, um, and, you know, from that and from the, you know, talking to others and really planting that seed, people started to go through the journey that we, we, we went down. You know, and that seed that we had planted actually started to become, you know, a reality for other people as well that started to see that the facts are aluminium is the most recyclable. So when, you know, when, 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 when they saw things on um, BBC or Sky News or on Facebook with a turtle with a straw in its nose, you know, when they saw all the things that we did, they became, you know, passionate about the journey too because the, uh, the facts presented themselves to them. I imagine you've uh, proven quite a few people wrong since you started your journey. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's for us, it was it was never about proving wrong, but that was the reality, Samir. You know, that was the reality that people changing what people are used to and changing the way people think um, is is a very, very difficult you know thing to do. And um, I've got this analogy of... Um, blackberry versus apple where mm. you know people made the switch from a blackberry product to an apple product and um, we all had blackberry and then one person got an apple phone yeah. an, an apple iphone and everyone looked at that person like they were weird and uh, they were telling you that the apple iphone was a better you know was better than the blackberry and you didn't believe them and you literally just mocked them and mocked them until you got an iphone and you tried it for mm -hmm. yourself and saw that, you know, it worked better. It felt better. It was more user friendly. And then you made the switch. And, you know, that's that's what we look at, uh, at Can of Water as. Uh, and, and, and I think that, you know, it's the same with whether it's an Uber or an Airbnb. Um, 
if you know that it will be better, you're going to eventually, you know, move over to it. So take me back from to the start. Like you had the idea, you came back from holiday, you had the idea in your mind. How did you go from having the idea in your mind to ending up with a physical product in your hands? So it wasn't easy. You know, we were told that it wasn't possible by a lot of people. It's not easy to put a uh, to put water in a can. It's quite difficult, and there's uh, quite a lot of um, things that you've got to do in order to you know get the finished product. You know, cans of water. Um, if you imagine just like you know, not a sparkling can because that's carbonated, but still water. There needs to be a shot of nitrogen that goes into the can in order to make the can rigid. Otherwise, you've just got a flimsy can of water, obviously, because it's a still product. So it's about finding somewhere that is capable of doing that. You know, we've also got a resealable lid. So it's finding somewhere that could facilitate the lid. And there's a tasting profile, because if you get the tasting profile wrong within water, because of all of the um, because of all the other products that are going on the canning line, um, like a like Red Bull or uh, orange juice or Coca-Cola, you know, one hint of that that goes into the water just throws it all off and you'll be able to notice it, you know, uh, and there's, you know, I've, I've, I've tasted other people's uh, water in cans before and I, I, you know, it tastes a little bit <laughs> of, you know, of, of lemony or something. And I know straight away, that's why. So we, you know, take enormous pride in making sure that the, that the process is done um, at a uh, incredibly, you know, a, a incredibly good canning line and a good place and working with the right people so you know to, to that, that's a massive barrier to entry you know and what but one of the biggest barriers for us was actually getting a prototype because in order to fill even one can which is impossible you've basically got to order 150,000 cans you know that was the minimum right. order that we had to uh, had to make and you know we didn't have that type of money so when we called up the plant or the the manufacturers and they were like you know in order to print or or to fill a can you need to order a minimum run of 150,000 and in our case that was for the still and sparkling that was 300,000 cans so at that point we were we were terrified you know we we can't spend that type of money without ever um tasting you know, water in a can. So what we did is um, our manufacturers sent us over a, uh, they sent us over 500 cans of um, sparkling lemongrass juice um, that were, that were, that were, you know, they weren't filled with water, but they had, um, they were silver and um, they had the resealable lid on them. Um, so what we did is we basically, after work, the three of us created a sort of like a conveyor belt where one of us masked the can with masking tape, the other one sprayed the can with spray paint, and then the other person wrapped the can with a vinyl wrap. Um, and, that, and that was our can of water. You know, it didn't have water in it, but that was our prototype to go to businesses with. And we just sent out a few emails to uh, London Fashion Week and Selfridges because, you know, we wanted to aim for that sort of premium feel. And uh, I remember after sort of two weeks, we hadn't heard anything. And then I think it was like three weeks after we got an email back from London Fashion Week saying that they wanted Can of Water to be the main sponsors or the water sponsor of London Fashion Week. And then the buyer of Selfridges invited us in to, uh, to have a discussion. And it was so crazy. And you talk about right place, right time. He had been um, hired a week before we emailed, uh, we emailed them. 
And uh, that week he had been uh, asked to remove all plastic bottles or he had made the decision to remove all plastic bottles from the shelves at Selfridges. And, you know, we could have emailed him a, them a month before or a month after, but it was in that week that they decided to do that. Right. And uh, that w- was where, you know, the journey of can of water really started because not only were we able to go to, you know, some, some angel investors and say, you know, we've got a product we don't have a product yet and we actually haven't tasted water in a can, but we've got an order from Selfridges. We can be the main sponsors of London Fashion Week. Do you want to, you know, invest based on, you know, those things because we need money to create the uh, the cans. And that was, you know, that was the beginning of, uh, of Can of Water. And then from then to on shelves and everyone kind of being able to access it, like how did you make that jump? Because that seems really when you exploded right this really when you took off for sure so you know it wasn't easy this is actually where the hard the hardest part started um because we've got the product field first time we'd ever taste taste of water in a can absolutely terrified me and my colleague ariel were uh, at the other end of the line when the first can of the 300,000 cans were being filled mm. uh, the first can you know we tasted it we, it could have been it could have tasted awful but it tasted great it tasted of water which is exactly what we wanted and um yeah well, you know we, we 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 thought we were very naive we thought that we had created saying everyone was going to love it uh, it was going to be really really easy because you know people will see that cans are the most recyclable and the truth is, Samir, it was an absolute disaster. You know, we, we were very fortunate that, you know, we had an office, you know, our investors believed in can of water. We had an office that um, that we were working in and we had left our jobs. Uh, we had, you know, basically getting paid near to nothing, but we were passionate. Um, but we would call up hundreds of people and I had no sales experience. I actually found calling people quite uh, daunting and quite scary because I'm, more of a um i wouldn't say i'm a salesperson i'm very different now but back then i was i was quite it was quite nerve-wracking calling up people and talking to them about saying and i choked up on my words quite a lot and um i was this sort of 23 year old kid that would call people up and be like yeah we've got this kind of kind of water and it's cool can. and every single person would laugh down the phone at us <laughs> and would be like this is just this is this is stupid you know you can recycle plastic and why would anyone want to drink water in a can? And it was sort of like, you know, for the for the first year, it was basically like, are we just flogging a dead horse here? You know, are we is this is this is this just us three that really believe in this? You know, even my family thought that we were crazy and um, thought that, you know, what we had was was stupid. And, you know, for, for a founder, for a new founder, it felt painful, to be completely honest with you. But slowly but surely you know then uh, whole foods came in and they 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 took an order from us and then you know a few independents came in but we decided you know we're not going to get through we're not going to build a brand through speaking to these people because they don't believe in us they you know cans are more expensive they you know they don't want cans of water to work because they make more money from plastic. So how are we going to get a movement? How are we going to build a movement? So we started messaging people who were talking about the, the, you know, the environmental problem within plastic. We started messaging people that had voices, more voices than the three of us. We started, uh, you know, sponsoring events and we started to, you know, 
talk to big influencers, you know, people like David Gandhi and even Dougie Pointer from McFly, who also believed in 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 in, in what we were talking about. And ta- you know, over time, we started to actually we moved away from the the sales side and moved into the marketing side. You know, we would stand outside Oxford Street just handing out water, you know, from my car and um, talking to people about, you know, what we had seen and this and that. And other people would say, wow, I've seen this before and I've wanted it. And, you know, we we started to build like a little movement. And what started to happen from that is that these people would go into a shop and they would say, have you seen that canned water? Mm. I don't, we don't want to be drinking out of plastic anymore. And then, you know, the, the store would get in touch with us and then we'd go through a distributor who also would have heard that cans. And it basically was that chicken and egg situation where every day we would tell someone who would think it was stupid, but then someone else would call us back and say, you spoke to me a few months ago. And actually, you know, I've done a bit of research and you're right, cans are better. And it was 2018 where David Attenborough basically did Blue Planet. And for three years, we had pushed this thing and we weren't really getting anywhere. You know, we were selling thousands of cans, but nothing, you know, nothing that would change the world. And uh, David Attenborough did Blue Planet. And within a month, every single person that we had called, called us back and said, you know, we, 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 we need cans. You know, we want, we want to trial you. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's loads of people that, 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 that still, you know, haven't taken cans over plastic but it enabled us to build something from hundreds to thousands to now selling you know millions of cans which you know is 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 beyond our wildest dreams of when we first started that's amazing that's really incredible along that journey um you built your team you expanded out your team right like were there any important hires that you made along the way what how did you what did you imagine for your team and what were the kind of skills and qualities that you were hiring for to build out that team? So, you know, managing a team and the finance side isn't our quality, you know, um, as, as three founders, you know, one of our, one of our main, I'd say our main strength, the three of us was the passion, the sales, the branding and the marketing side, um, especially in the early stages, you know, we are, we were very good at really getting out there and talking to people and, you know, being likable and getting people to join in our mission. But when it comes to the back end of the business, that's something that we didn't have a lot of experience in. So we brought in an incredible sort of operations slash managing director who really sort of looked at the back end of the business and really helped us clean everything up from that perspective, because, you know, as you start to get bigger, you know, you, you need, you need to make sure that, you know, you've got, you've got a business and um, make sure that, you know, the accounts are, are, are right and that, you know, you're doing everything in the right way. And I think that's where we, you know, we, we, we didn't have that, that background. So it was, it was incremental that we brought someone with that experience and that knowledge in. And then, you know, we're a team of seven now and, you know, we've got a bit of operations. We've got an incredible, um, an incredible commercial director and you know people within the marketing team and uh, within the next year especially with the new investment that's come in it's what that's enabled us to do is really sort of look in and see what we need and and and, and enable us to grow and really you know go to that next level so i think that growing a team and people is by far the most important thing for us and i'm very excited to 
you know, even the fact that it's not just the three of us anymore and there's seven is just, you know, is amazing. Yeah. And the investment that you're getting now, like, is what's the what's the future plan for Canon Like, what's next? Are, are there plans to launch other products or expand into new markets? So for us, it's really just uh, not really new products yet. You know, for us, it is water, especially plastic bottles of water is a huge problem within um, the plastic pollution world. So for us, it's really to keep going on that journey um one of the main things is education you know raising awareness of what we're doing especially through a lot of the greenwashing and a lot of the false advertising that's out there and um you know doing a lot of really cool innovative original you know whether it's an experiential or it's a um you know big sort of digital campaigns just to raise awareness and to just to do really cool things I think that's that's something that I really, you know, has always been at the at the heart of Canon Water is doing really cool things, but where people just know that they're buying the product because it's, um, you know, because it's it's just, it's more sustainable than a plastic bottle. Like we look at Red Bull, Red Bull is all about the energy. Uh, the product's about the energy, but it does really, really, really cool stuff. But the product is sort of secondary. Um, and I would love to do really, really cool stuff. Um, and 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 within the brand, you know that you're buying something that has a great ethos that is more sustainable, that was built through passion and authenticity. So I think what's next for us is really doing what we've always done, but better. And uh, you know the uh, that that money that's been injected in the business really enables us to do that. Yes, yeah. On the education piece, so picking up on this. Um... How would you say that your communications and marketing function has sort of matured and grown uh, from beginning to where it is now? Well, I think when we started, you know, because when you're the first to do something ever, Mm. it's very difficult to really sort of, you know, understand how people will, um, will adapt to your, you know, your business, your brand. Majority of the time, you know, it, it, it came from the three of us and there's, you know, there's, there's billions of people in the world. So obviously other people are going to see it differently to us. So really learning about who is the consumer, who is the person that buys can of water. And, you know, we've learned about ourselves. We've learned about the brand. We've learned about the things that people like and the people, the things that people don't like. So I think it's really, you know, it's really adapting to, who is the core audience and, uh, you know, and, and how do we really sort of reach them? Because it's difficult with water because a lot of other brands, they hone in on, on, a, on, a, on a niche and, a, and, a, and a, um, a small target audience, but everyone drinks water. And for us, you know, it is about, re- you know, everyone should be drinking more sustainably. Um, and that, that's, that, 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 that's the truth. Um, so, I've seen over the years, as I said before, at trade shows, people looking at us and thinking that we were crazy to now people coming over to us, taking a can, not even questioning it. People saying, I love this brand. You know, I buy this for my kids or I introduce this to my friends at a Pilates class. You know, all these different things that every single day people say to me like, oh, my God, can of water's in the hands of X or I've just gone to a, uh, you know, a big um you know, a big, a big event and um, can of water's there. 
over six years, we've gone from, yeah, you know, as I said, being something that was incredibly, uh, was a fad to being something that, you know, is something that could possibly, and it is going to be a household name within the next sort of five, 10 years, which is so exciting um, just to see people change and people realizing that actually um, this is, you know, the, a new way of drinking water and a better way, especially for the planet. So how have you... Um... How have you reached these people? Like, what were the different channels? I know you talked about some event stuff. Um, yeah, like, talk to me about the kind of blend of events, uh, social media, traditional media. What are the kind of different ways that you've been able to reach uh, those consumers? So, you know, as a small brand, we don't have millions of pounds, you know. So how, you know, it's how do you be, um, how do you think differently? Because when you've got loads of money, you can pay for everything, you know, and you yep. can reach everyone. Whereas we didn't. And, you know, we still got to be very resourceful and organic. And I think that's what makes us the people that we are, is that we don't just spend money um, unless it's on things that are, you know, that, that, that we believe is going to, you know, really reach out to a new audience or our audience. And, um, you know, I see a lot of I see a lot of businesses and a lot of events taking money from Coca-Cola because it's money. But we all know that Coca-Cola is the most you know, one of the biggest polluter in the world. Um, we want to work with people who, you know, actually care about our mission. And it's not just about the money, you know, it's about the, uh, you know, the, the, the authenticity and the brand. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, you know, that is incredibly important for us. And, you know, when, so in the early days, when it was about reaching people, it was very much just us, us three going around with our own voice and talking to people mm. and, you know, sponsoring events and people seeing us. And it was very like London centric, obviously, because we were in London, but through influencers, through different voices, through podcasts, which, you know, are, were an enormous and, and still are an enormous, you know, an enormous thing for us. You know, we do a lot of podcasts you know, being on, you know, news outlets or through PR, we've grown. And I think that the exciting thing about now is that we, you know, we now can do digital campaigns and we can reach more people. And, um, you know, we, I speak on a lot of panels and a lot of events and, you know, my other two business partners will also do things. And um, it's about just, you know, you've got to keep doing that. And I think a lot of brands, they, they get to a point where, Maybe they think that it's, um, you know, it's um, it's too big for them or they're, they're too big to do these things. But I can't see myself not doing, you know, these things and speaking because I think that yeah. it's incredibly important to explain that Cannon Water wasn't started by a big conglomerate who had loads of money pumped into it um, and we're hiding behind a big outfit. You know, we were started by three friends who really had no idea what we were doing like that project bootstrap mentality that basically you know has grown into something that is uh, that is incredible and really has an exciting future you know cannon water could be around for the next 100 years um not that i will be in it for 100 <laughs> years but, you know it really could and you know i hope that it does get looked at as something that really was an incremental part of change you know we've just come out of COP26, um, what, what have been your thoughts on it? And what, what do you think is really needed now for um, businesses, for the public, for government to do to actually make a change right now? 
So change is the word, Samir, you know, I just said it and you said it, change has to happen. So how do we as a nation or globally, um, how do we create change? I think the only way that we can do it is by taxing um, and, you know, forcing, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you an example, cigarettes, perfect example, you know, cigarettes are much more expensive than they were 10 years ago, you know, there's been a, a big tax, cigarettes are harming health, therefore, there's been a tax on them, you know, they haven't removed it. But what they've done is it's enabled people to stop through, you know, people can't afford it, people are realizing and you know, there's other alternatives out there like vaping. I think it's the same with plastic, you can't just remove plastic, but we can put a tax on plastic. And plastic can become more and more expensive. And if people want to buy a plastic bottle, then they can. But I think that it should be looked at as the same as um, as the same as, as cigarettes because it's it's harming the planet. And I think that that's that where where I am is um, is is government change is the most important thing. Yeah. And on the consumer change, then like getting using using communications and marketing to change how people think and how people behave um you, you've been able to do it your kind of water itself is a living example of this um how have you kind of gone about that and are there is there any advice you'd give to other businesses that are also trying to get people to um change uh, consumers behaviors towards for, uh, the good of the planet i think keep going and keep doing what you believe in you know the world goes round. Uh, you know everything in the world goes round. Um, especially, you know, when when I look at Canna Water's journey. You know, one minute you're relevant, you're irrelevant. The next minute you're you're more relevant than ever. So you know your time will come if you believe in it. I mean, look at the vegan movement. You know, people have been talking about it for years and uh, they weren't heard. And then now it's one of the biggest movements ever globally. So I think that you know keep pushing it and keep. Um, keep talking about it and um y- and your voice will be heard and i think you know one of the main things is uh, as i said with with government with government change and with uh, with the right marketing and really sort of getting out and other people talking about the the mission the vision and um you know creating a movement i don't see why um we would still be drinking out of plastic bottles or people would be drinking out of plastic bottles but you know we, we we could easily move to a better material and i think that that is incredibly important when it comes to the change yeah um this the confidence that you're giving to those who look at you and look at your ability to completely break your own expectations of what you could achieve uh this very inspiring story like to those people to those people who are maybe have that imposter syndrome right now in their lives or who are trying to execute an idea but they're not really sure if they can do it what advice would you give to people to become more confident entrepreneurs in their life and how can they become more entrepreneurial whatever they're doing in their lives i think that um this imposter syndrome is, a, is something that keeps coming up for me because it's something that you know, my head will constantly tell me that I can't do or I won't be able to do it as good as the as, as this person. And then, you know, afterwards, someone will say, wow, that's amazing. And my head will still tell me that it wasn't because that's, you know, that's me. And I, I, and the more I speak to other founders and other business leaders, you know, that's something that's quite sort of um, quite synonymous, or, 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 especially within business. I think some people have it naturally and some people can just, um, you know, you know, don't get that 
that that fear. But I I was someone that yeah definitely has a, quite a bad imposter syndrome. So I think that I think that through practice and through sort of believing in yourself, you can really do anything. Uh, at the beginning, if I think about what I've accomplished from the beginning of Canna Water to now, um, in 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 all wakes of life, in and outside of Canna Water, you know, I never would have thought that I could have achieved that. So I think that my advice really is just go out of your comfort zone as much as you can. Uh, and every time your head tells you that you can't do it, ignore it and and do it. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I'm telling you that um, from experience, once you've got over that hurdle you're then stronger. You're a stronger person than the person before that hurdle. And I think that that's something that I've learned uh, and something that has made me, you know, a much stronger individual, a much better operator as a business person and, um, you know, an all-rounded entrepreneur that, yeah, as I said earlier, 10 years ago, if you if you said that I'd be doing or would have accomplished what I've got now, especially the fourth 30 and the 30 and those types of things, I would never have believed you. So uh, it's just about believing in yourself and um, becoming a stronger person and the best person that you could be. Josh, thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, I wish you could keep going, but I think we're wrapping this up for this podcast. I'll be following your journey very closely. I think everyone on this uh, on this podcast will be. We're really excited to see what you can achieve and um, we're behind you all the way. Thank you, Josh. Perfect. Thank you, Samir.